It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. No matter what anyone tries to tell you, on this podcast, we spell combat with a K. Let's take care of everyone and warn everyone before we really get started. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, children of all ages and persuasions who are of legal age, this podcast discusses gambling and casinos. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that phone number. We will make sure you have that phone number. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Okay, everyone has been warned and reminded. I am the Ramblin' Gambler, and this is lucky episode number seven. (laughs) Can't really believe I made it to episode number seven. As always, total honesty, this has been harder than I thought it would be when I wrote out the, the first notes on what would become episode one. And not the gambling part. If you've been following along, that's almost been too easy, and that's not going to last forever, everyone. It's the technical part and the distribution part where I've had a bit of a learning curve. But I think I'm getting better, and I found a service called Anchor FM that has made distribution a whole lot easier. If you have listened from the beginning and you got this far, you have my sincere thanks. Today we are going to do a question my son's asked segment, and without my son's actually asking the question this time. A Casino Combat Core Concepts segment, as promised. I will do the Leaving the Table 201 instruction today. We will have a moment of Casino Wisdom, which I will tell you is about as important as they get. The Ramblin' segment features a return to probably our favorite property of the pandemic, and it did not go well. There are plenty of teachable moments, however. Finally, as promised, since Episode 1, the TRG origin story in the VIP Lounge. I hope everyone's comfortable. Let's get after it. First up, questions my sons ask. What? What? My sons ask questions, but more importantly, listeners ask questions. Today, I have a question from, I, I apologize up front if I, if I get this wrong, but it's S-H-A-R-I, so I'm going to say Sherry, but it also might be Shari. And, and as I said, if I got that wrong, and if I mispronounced it, I truly apologize. But the, the question presented is, why do you do core concepts? I go to a lot of casinos. I know that stuff. But I really like Casino Wisdom and the VIP Lounge. You should do more of those. And especially the VIP Lounge is where you teach stuff. <laughs> okay, so thank you for the great question. And it kind of contains my answer in, in the actual question. A famous professional wrestler, Mick Foley, wrote in his autobiography that a professional wrestling show should be like a circus. If you love the elephants but hate the clowns, or love the high wire act but are afraid of the lions, hopefully everyone enjoys something and goes home happy. I'm kind of trying to do the podcast of, podcast version, I guess if you will, of that concept. Multiple segments, hopefully you like some of them. If you don't like some of them, hopefully that's okay, and you keep coming back for what you like. So I'm glad that that you found segments that you like. I hope those are enough to keep you coming back, Sherry or Shari. 
I appreciate you taking the time to send the email. I truly do. And don't forget, everyone, if you have questions, you can email me via questions at Casino Combat, spelled, of course, with a K. If you are ready, our next segment is Casino Combat Core Concepts. I'm not going to run down the entire core concepts list today, everybody. I hope you've been listening this far and are familiar with them. If not, I encourage you to go back and listen from the beginning. Last episode, we discussed the basics of setting a small amount that you want to win and then leaving the casino or at least the table or losing a small amount and then leaving. And I promised you a leaving 201 instruction set today, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Before I, wanted to get to, before I get to that, I really want to stress that many, many, many times I don't go beyond the basics that we talked about last week. Pre-pandemic, I would finish with clients, you know, sometime in the mid-afternoon once in a while, and I'd stop by my local casino and I'd get some hands in. And as soon as I'd get to a day's pay, or roughly a day's pay, I'd color up with the dealer and leave. In fact, I've done this so often that just this week, I did exactly that. As I was leaving, Trucker Mike's best ally, Super Smart Sue, says from under her mask, you made a day's pay just that fast, didn't you? And you're going to leave right now. I always remember that. I wish I was better at doing that. And I said, yep, a day's pay, three days a week, and you are living comfortably, and you really would never have to work a day in your life. If you have ears, you should, you should listen. Super Smart Sue has seen me do this so often that she recognized it immediately. And she expressed regret that she doesn't do it more often. That tells me she knows she would have better results if she followed the technique that I taught you last week. So, how do I square this with not leaving while you're winning? Which Mrs. TRG demands, as you may recall. So, here we get to leaving 201. Let's start with staying when you're winning. Because that's much, much more fun and probably more important. Big picture. Many times especially if I'm on an overnight or a multi-day trip, when I get to the day's pay piece, I start thinking about leaving. Kind of in a nervous, don't want to ruin this way, but I don't leave. What I do is I, I set a number that I'd be willing to lose from this amount and, and still keep a profit. Maybe it's lose two bets, three bets, four bets, probably nothing more than that. And whatever that number I pick is, I, I pick it right there at the table and I stick to it. So sometimes I set three. I'll lose three and then leave. Or at least leave the table if not the building. And notice that at that point, I would still have a profit. I, I'd be up 10 bets and I'm willing to lose, in this case, three bets to see if the win keeps going. Because that's what I'm looking for here. I'm, I'm looking for keeping the streak alive but running really quick if it starts to go if it starts to go south. Other times things just keep going good. That's the good times. I don't lose 3. I lose 1, win 2, lose 2, win 2 and gradually the win stack build. Eventually it builds to the point where you can take your original buy-in off the table and easily keep playing. And eventually you take an amount equal to your buy-in off the table and now you have a profit locked in. Okay, here we go. Wasn't going to do this one now, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do leaving 301, leaving when winning 301. So here we go. How to win 
301 level class all at the same time. If you have your money off the table and an amount equal to your buy-in off the table, you, you've got to win locked in. And, and you get some more winnings and you get some more winnings and now is the time to push up your basic bet, your, your unit size, if you will. How much the starting bet of each sequence is going to be. So let me break this down for you with an example. And once again, we're going to use a, a $15 unit for this example. You buy in with $150, you win $150, you stick around and win another $150, so your original buy-in comes off the table. You have $300 in profit in front of you. You keep winning, and at some point, you pull off another $150. You've got a profit for sure. At this point, an advanced technique is to recalculate your basic bet amount or unit amount um, and maybe you do this at the end of the shoe. And you already know how to do this if you, if you really think about it. You count the money in front of you, you divide it by 10, and round down. And then you use that as your basic bet for the rest of the session at the table. So, once again, for example, suppose you now have 350 in front of you, and you divide by 10, and your basic unit can be as high as $35, or decide to go 30 or even 25 Anything 35 or less but more than 15. And this is the place to be aggressive in my opinion. 350 in front of you, maybe you select a, a $30 bet as your, as your new unit. And now you just keep using TRG wagering system number one, just like you have been, but with this new amount. If you win two base bets, progressively push up 50% to 45. If you lose a hand, do the regressive strategy and bet 60. If you lose three or four hands, Using that Martingale and Martingale on steroids approach, just leave. Enjoy your profits. You made plenty of money. If you keep winning, keep winning and keep taking winning money off the table in, in chunks. Sadly, let's, uh, let's look at uh, 201 level leaving techniques, but if you're losing. So the first technique that I use if I'm just stopping locally after work or if I'm on an overnight or multi-day trip, and I call that a partial rebuy. And in this technique, when I've lost around two-thirds or a little more of my initial buy-in, and I guess, side note, folks, a lot of times I make these examples really clean and simple and easy for the purposes of illustration. In the real world, in a real casino, it gets a little messier. The, the math just isn't always as perfectly straightforward. You win a blackjack, it pays three to two, so you've got an extra half unit. Or you make a double and that pushes you down below the two-thirds loss limit. And, and it's not perfect numbers and that's because illustrations are perfect and reality can be messy. But anyway, if I get below that two-thirds level and I don't think I'm ready to walk away, I'll rebuy with about another two-thirds of what I started with. So in our example, I'd be rebuying with another $100. And if that doesn't get me back to fully funded, back to a full 10 bets... Just like if I sat down at the table for the first time, I'll flat bet two units until I'm back above my basic starting point. And if I lose back down to that two-thirds level, I'm just leaving. I'm probably leaving the building if I'm anywhere close to home. Certainly leaving and taking a break if I'm on a multi-day trip and regrouping. If I start winning, I get the rebuy off the table as, as soon as I possibly can and keep my, my amount to play with where it needs to be. Basically, you're just starting over if you get back to even. And that's fine too. We've got infinite time, right? Well, 
infinite time for one person. Um, let's walk through this situation as well. $15 unit, $150 buy-in. You reach a point where you're, you're down 110. You rebuy with another 100. You make a $30 bet, you win, and you start building that win stack so you can start over, you start getting money off the table, which I'm sorry, that just makes me realize that I've never actually talked about money management at the table and having a win stack and a play stack. And you need to know that. And I should have realized that. I don't want to try to squeeze that into things this week, folks. So next week, I will do Casino Wisdom number 60, have a win stack. So at this point, where were we? Um, you, you have 250 in front of you. Take $100 in chips, which was your rebuy, and put them in your pocket. And now you're, you're back to neutral and, and play as normal. If you lose the $30 bet, make another $30 bet. And if you, if you use that, make no more than one more bet and then be done. Don't go into that pocket again. Don't rebuy again. Accept the small loss. Win it back next visit even if next visit is an hour from now at a different table. I use this technique in a couple situations. The first is when I'm gambling with Mrs. TRG and she is doing well and covering some of my losses and I want to try to stay in the game with her. As a side note, usually we're on an overnight or multi-day trip when we gamble together and if I get up, I'm just going to go find another table by myself or I'm going to pull her away in a worst case scenario I'm going to pull her away from a win. Often, I quickly get my rebuy back off the table, and the session just continues. Other times, I use this if I'm down the two-thirds because of basically a bad set of circumstances right near the end of a shoe. And a great example would be, everything's going fine, we're getting down to the end of the shoe, I'm up one unit, $15 in our example, everything's fine. I lose a hand, no big deal. Next bet's 30 bucks, as you all know, and we're playing blackjack. And suddenly, you get a pair of eights. And the correct play is to always split eights. So you do. And you get a three on the next hand. And the correct basic strategy play is to double. So you do. And you get a seven for a total of 18. And on the next hand, you draw an ace for a total of 19. Now, you were basically even before this started. And you bet $30 per TRG wagering system number one. You played proper basic strategy. You are in for $90. The dealer draws two cards and creates a four card 20. You lost all three bets. The bet, the double of the first bet, and the split from the first bet into a second hand. The cut card came out in the process. So this shoe is done and the dealer's going to shuffle. Now from experience, I know that those, those big bad negative hands, they happen sometimes. They do. And they're not fun when they happen and you don't like them but it isn't very common. More common is you win one half of the bet or the other, or you push one and you win one. So at this point, I'd rebuy, and I'd rebuy because that's uncommon. It was, as they sometimes say in soccer, unlucky. It was a good idea that just didn't happen to work out this time. So I'd buy in with another 100, positioning myself to win that 100 back, just doing my basic stuff, just doing my standard techniques, and then I'd get that off the table and, and try to find a victory. If I lost another 100, I'm away from the table, and on a single-day trip, I'm out of the building. On an overnight or multi-day trip, it's time for a meal, or a break in the room, or some sightseeing, or 
something. Maybe even the end of your day. If it's a multi-day trip and it's later at night, maybe it's just time to take a step back, call it a night, watch a pay-per-view movie in the room, regroup, try it again the next day. Okay, so I did when to leave, when winning 301, I guess I really should do, let's call it staying when losing 301, because I did the, the other half on the winning side. I told you that I'll teach you Casino Wisdom number 60 next week, have a win stack. But anyway, sometimes, especially if I'm on an overnight or a multi-day trip, I'll get to the end of a shoe and my buy-in is down four bets. But I've got a pile of bets that I've won that's equal to five bets. So I'll rebuild that stack I'm playing with, that stack I've bought in with, back to the full amount and basically wipe out my whole stack of chips I've won, all but a little bit. This isn't perfect. It's definitely a judgment call, but especially if the overall trip is going well or if your travel partner is doing well, this is a way to regroup and stay in the game without really taking any new risks. Given a choice, honestly, between using the 201 technique and the 301 technique, I'll take the 301 te technique every single time. So there you go. Advanced, air quotes, how to leave techniques that you can use and apply, which includes the very important how to win and turn a small win into a big win and maybe even a bigger win techniques that I use all the time. Our next segment is a moment of Casino Wisdom. Today we are going to discuss Casino Wisdom number 77. If you don't ask, you don't get. I'm going to illustrate my knowledge and experience with this in a couple ways. And the action is basically in the wisdom, everybody. Ask for stuff. So... First story, first illustration of my knowledge and experience with this topic that leads to the, the corresponding action. The very first free meal a casino ever gave Mrs. TRG and myself. We'd gone to Las Vegas several times, and this is long enough ago that everything was not yet computerized. Back then, casino floor people had a great deal more authority than they have today, and basically they kept notes about players in notebooks and made decisions based on those notes. Today, that's all done by computer, for the most part. Some places allow floors to give discretionary comps, but even there, they have things they need to look up in the computer and rules they need to apply. It's not just a, I think I know what's going on, here's my decision kind of thing. Anyway, late one evening, early one morning, Mrs. TRG and I are gambling at the Imperial Palace, which is no longer on the Strip in Las Vegas. And so I asked Mrs. TRG, are you hungry? Would you like to get some breakfast? I'm going to get us free food. And she says, you're full of it. You're not going to get us any free anything. But I'm convinced that I've learned what is what in Las Vegas after several trips and that I can pull this off. So we've been basically making $10 and $15 bets. I push up to 25 as I see that a new floor is getting ready to come in for a shift change. The casino isn't super busy this early in the morning and the floor says hi and notes our bets as he's coming into the pit. So I make a couple more $25 bets and, and then I signal him and say, we've been here for a few hours now. Is there any way you could comp us some food in the coffee shop? Now $25 was a bigger bet back then, folks. In fact, at this point in time, the rules up and down the strip everywhere were if a player gave them four hours a day at $25 a hand 
you would get what was called FRB, full room and board, all comped. So for a $25 player, two meals at the coffee shop wasn't a particularly big ask. Of course, I'd manipulated the situation to look like a bigger player than I was and to look like I was a $25 player when I really wasn't. But in any event, Mrs. TRG is very surprised because he says, oh, sure, (laughs) of course, pulls out his pad, writes us a comp for $30 at the coffee shop, which was more than enough for us to enjoy breakfast. Mrs. TRG was amazed and impressed by my knowledge of Las Vegas and casino gambling, and honestly, by how much I'd increased that since our our very modest beginnings. Breakfast was great, and if I hadn't asked, we wouldn't have got. Story 2. Back when my local casino was part of a national chain, and I was at the fourth tier in their system, Mrs. TRG and I went down on a Saturday night. Things were busy, and she wanted to bet at a $15 table, so our table choices were pretty limited. And our table choices where we could sit together were even more limited. The side note here is that I hadn't really planned this trip. We were somewhere else, doing something else, and for whatever reason, that event ended early, and we decided we were going to stop at the casino instead of just going home. So gambling money was in the safe. I was just working out of pocket, and I was working out of pocket for two people. Very quickly, she's doing fine, I've done poorly, and I don't even really have enough money to do even a partial rebuy. So I asked the dealer to mark my spot, tell my lovely bride that I'm going to the ATM machine, and the ATM machine is down. Try another ATM machine, it's down, all the ATM machines are down. So I go to the cage to get a cash advance, which is, in general just a lousy choice to make. You should generally avoid it for all of the obvious reasons, and then for perhaps one that's not obvious, which is that in a casino, the cash advance fees are outrageous. But, 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 at the top tier of that reward system, they waived all the fees. So, in reality, it was always cheaper to go to the cage than go to the ATM. Just less convenient, more paperwork. So I get some cash and I head back and I've been gone, yeah, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And when I get back, there's someone in my seat. And Mrs. TRG is visibly upset. So I asked the dealer why someone is in my seat. And she says, you were gone too long and I didn't see you at the ATM. So I show her my player's card and say, isn't the policy that I can hold a seat or a slot machine for 60 minutes if I have this card? And she kind of gulps and says, yes. And I said, And didn't I present you this card when I sat down? And she says, yeah, yeah, you did. And I say, okay, not a problem. I understand. Things happen. Can I have, please have my seat back? Well, she isn't going to do that. And probably, honestly, she isn't even allowed to do that. She's not going to tell someone else to leave a seat and give it to me. I've, I've put her in a bind. And quite frankly, I knew I'd put her in a bind. And I honestly didn't have a clue how this was going to turn out. This is not TRG being super smart. This is TRG thinking on his feet and and trying to figure out how this is going to play out. So floor person quickly comes over and I've seen him around the building a bunch and I know just from watching him interact that he came in from the national group. He transferred in from something bigger, better to get this new place up and running. He's a bigger deal than just the average floor person who was trained a year ago. So he talks to the dealer, finds out what's going on, and asks me to step to the side, and he offers me a a different seat at a different table. 
And I refuse, but I counter that I'll happily take a different seat if he has two for me and my wife because we want to play together. He looks around, and in his pit, he doesn't have that situation available. I've asked for something he can't give. I tell him, I'm here to play with my wife. I want to enjoy my evening with my wife. I'm seven stars. I'm entitled to hold that seat for four hours. I've, I'd have been back sooner, but the ATM was down. I had to go to the cage. Now he's a little bit on his back foot. He's like, TRG, I understand. I, I want to make this right. Tell me what I can do. I have no idea where this came from, everybody. But I look at him and I say, $300 and I'll pretend this never happened. And he says, oh, okay, come with me. Let's get this done taken care of. So we walk to the cage, go to the front of the line. He asks the cashier for a form 203C. He fills it out. He signs it. I sign it. She signs it. And she counts out $300 bills. And he says, I apologize again, TRG. It's, it's a young staff. And I say, I understand. I'm sorry if I've been creating a scene. I just wanted my wife to have the benefit of having me around. He says, sure, sure, I got to go. I'm sure I'll see you again soon. I didn't even know a floor could do that at the time. But I have more money than when I started gambling. Bonus, when I come back to the table, the other player has left, and Mrs. TRG very quickly asked the seat be held for her husband. And from what she told me, the dealer was very afraid to say no. This wisdom isn't difficult to understand. At least I don't think it's difficult to understand. Ask for things that will make your life better in the casino from people at any level. Maybe they say yes. Maybe they get someone who can do what they can't do. Hotel rooms, food, show tickets, whatever it is. Obviously, if you reach the point where you have a host, you just call or text your host and, and let them do the work. The other things to look for is casinos, whether hosts or other personnel, will often soften a no. So they got to tell you no for whatever reason. So you say, could you get me tickets for the show tonight? And your play doesn't justify tickets for the show tonight. And they'll say, well, I really can't do that, but the show isn't till nine. Could you and your wife give us another hour of play at this level? I'll still be around. I'll write you the comp then. So this is kind of a no, but you do this for me. I'll do this for you. Or... Hey, can I have a room? Uh, TRG, you know, we're kind of at what we can comp you room-wise. Um, and we're glad you want to stay another day. Um, would, would half price and, and two buffets work? Again, that's a, that's a yes but, folks. Don't be offended by those. See if they fit. You don't have to be afraid to say no if you don't like the offer. But the big point remains. If you don't ask, you don't get... Often you do, or you get offered something close to what you've asked for, or some other type of accommodation. Don't get your feelings hurt if they say no, and never be afraid to ask, because if you don't ask, you don't get. And that's Casino Wisdom number 77. The next segment is the travel segment, and we are going to our new favorite post-pandemic casino. So the Caesars Rewards 
still has uh, five times points going on in July, and we loved the Caesars property that was about five hours from our home when we were there for 4th of July, and I really want those five times points. So I go online and find out I'm eligible for a comp Thursday night at the property, and Friday's gonna be discounted a little bit, and if you spread out the cost of Friday over two nights, it's a, on a cost per night basis, it's, it's a fairly low price. This should have been a boring segment, everybody. It should have been, oh, we were there, it went, you know, this happened, it's not that much different than last time, and we won or lost X dollars, and we got X points. And it isn't that at all. Um, we arrive, we check in, we play an afternoon session, we win some more some money, or more precisely, I win some money, and things are terrible for Mrs. TRG. I'm, I'm covering her losses, just barely. She isn't happy with that. Mostly because she's losing quickly. She doesn't get annoyed if she plays a few hours and loses part of what she bought in with. But when she loses most of her buy-in in in just a short number of hands and stands up, she isn't having fun and is generally not really a fun person to be with at that moment. And after 30 years, that's not the end of the world. I'm sometimes not fun either. And she puts me back on track, and I obviously try to do the same. But more difficult here is that there weren't nearly enough tables available. The, the first time we were there, they had four pits open, big pits, plenty of tables, pick your spot, always something open, two of us at a time. They only have two pits open. Every seat is full and people are waiting behind the tables and I'm a bit puzzled, but we think maybe it's because last time we were here, it was on a Friday and it's Thursday afternoon and you know, maybe this is what they look like on Thursday afternoon. So we get some room service, thinking that, you know, when the evening shift comes in, they will have more pits and more tables open. And so when we think it should be time for the, quote, evening shift, we go back to the casino and there are even more people waiting and there are no more tables open. So we go to our favorite table at the bar and yes, we have actually picked a table in this bar. I mean, of the three they're letting people actually use, but... We have a couple of drinks together, and we enjoy this really cool light show that they have going on on the ceiling. And uh, we go back to the tables, thinking that certainly by now they have more tables open, and they do not. In fact, most tables have three people playing and more than three people waiting to play. And this is becoming a problem. You can't play if they don't have any tables open. And you can't get five times points if they don't play. So I, as politely as possible, because let's be honest, everybody's trying to talk through a mask and everyone's a little bit on edge and floor people are sometimes dealing with angry people. I, I try to say as politely as I can, I know your job's difficult. I'm not upset. I'm not trying to act upset, but are you going to open some more tables? And he says, no, this is what we have. And I say, do you, do you have any sense of what tomorrow's going to look like? I mean, we came down five hours because we wanted to get the five times points, but we we can't stay tomorrow and, and pay for a room if, if this is what you're going to have. And in hindsight, I mean, like hindsight of three minutes in the past, I realized he was kind of going through an internal struggle. He was trying to make some decisions about what he could say and and what he couldn't say. And he finally says, well... There are HIPAA regulations that don't really allow me to discuss this, but currently over half our dealers and our floor team are not allowed in the building. And so my eyes go a little wide and I thank him and I collect Mrs. TRG 
and we go off to our room. And if this isn't obvious to any of you, they had a COVID, op- a COVID outbreak and half the team was under quarantine. Now, we weren't super worried about our personal health. I mean, any more than I guess we all are at this point, I guess. But we'd been there two weeks ago and no one had contacted us as part of contact tracing. And we know they're set up for that because they capture our ID when they capture our picture when we come in. But our trip's a mess, right? I mean, I can't pay full price for a second night and and basically not have a chance to to cover our costs and, and get the points that we came to get. It's just not going to work. The idea that half their people had been exposed wasn't a fun feeling either. So I start scrambling. I call the front desk and find out from them that as long as we check out before 11 a.m. the next day, there won't be a charge for the second day. Okay, so, so far the hotel stay was free. We haven't lost any money. Even on a lost and spent basis, we're still just a little bit in the black. We really don't want to drive, just drive home the next day. We blocked this time out. We'd assumed that we had money that we could spend on a hotel room. I checked the My, Pro- My Choice property that's, you know, about halfway home, and they're all sold out for Friday. And I do some searching around, and there's another property nearby that we've never been to that is part of a national chain we don't participate in, so we have no relationship there at all. And their room rates for civilians are are very, very high for a Friday night. I'd been reading about some other Caesars Rewards properties in the same state, and they had acquired those properties in late 2019, and the internet reveals that they have no hotel towers, but they do have table games. They're not just slot places. So we decide to have an adventure. We check out the next day, and we head north for a couple hours to the closest alternate uh, Caesars Rewards Casino. And the plan is that we're basically doing a scouting trip. We'll see what it looks like. We'll collect a chip for the chip collection. And if we like it, and there is a reasonably priced hotel nearby, we'll settle in. We're all packed. We've got everything we need. It was a perfectly fine casino. We would have been fine playing there for the evening, but it was in the middle of corn and bean fields with mostly narrow country roads around it and no hotels in sight. And we had enough trouble navigating the very narrow roads in broad daylight. We didn't really see ourselves doing it in the dark. Just didn't feel like where we wanted to be. So we set the GPS for the second new-to-us casino. And it's also very nice. I pick up another new chip. And maybe with a week to play with and plan, I could have found a hotel nearby that made sense. But we're both starting to wear out. There's nothing obvious there. And... So we set the GPS to, to take us home. And we really don't know where exactly in North America we are. I mean, we know what state we're in, but we really don't know what exactly we need to do other than drive east and probably north to, to get home. But we decided, fine, we'll drive an hour or two. If we're getting tired, we'll find a hotel. We are about an hour and a half from Mrs. TRG's hometown. Her mother and other family still live there. There is a My Choice property there. There is a hotel relatively nearby, a simple, you know, one exit up the highway kind of thing. They have vacancies. So we make a reservation. We talk to mom to see if she'd like to do brunch the next day. Check into the hotel, get freshened up a bit. 
and decide why not go over to the casino because of course i mean why not do four casinos in one day right that's what we do so we head over to the casino and we're hoping that not only some points but replace you know the minor losses that have kind of been occurring throughout the day mostly mrs trg losses with me holding my own and leaving when she's ready to leave and losing just a teeny bit or winning just a teeny bit um, this segment's gone on a little bit longer than I thought. I'll skip all the details, uh, share them with you some other time if somebody wants to hear them, but this was the most poorly handled security and safety environment we've been in yet. And maybe that's because it was Friday night, but it was a mess. And I almost ended up in a confrontation with another guest over a seat at a table. And it bothered me enough that I'll be making some changes in what I everyday carry into casinos in the near future in some type of non-lethal fashion. We did both win some money, enough to make the, the, the trip slightly profitable, even after expenses, not much, nothing approaching a day's pay. But after hotel meals, gas, brunch the next day, we finished on a barely positive basis. I had more money in, in my bankroll than I had when I started. So we're treating it as an adventure. We gained information about two other casinos that are part of a reward system that we care about and that might benefit us in the future. As always, our final segment is a trip to the VIP lounge. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Coming everyone, adult beverages on the left, beer and wine at the back of the bar, on your right, local handcrafted sodas and artisanal pop. I told you last episode that we would do my origin story today, and we will. So without further ado, here is the origin of TRG. So I'm in college, I'm walking across campus, and there's an explosion from one of the science labs. Not enough to, to make things bad for anybody, but there are these cars flying through the air, and I grab one of them and I get a pretty significant paper cut and I don't really think anything about it. I go to class and I wake up the next day and I don't feel very good and I suddenly realize that I have this incredible knowledge of everything to do with casinos and gambling and how it all works, and I can count, <laughs> okay, I certainly hope you didn't fall for that. My origin story does not involve radioactive playing cards. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. So anyway, I was in college. I'm about 20 years old. I was finishing the IT classes that the university had to offer, and my professor assigns us to write computer code that simulates something real. But he assigned this same project every quarter and he's concerned about plagiarism. So we have to get our project approved by him up front. So he doesn't like my first three ideas because they're too much like other things that have been done. He tells me to come back the next day with more ideas, and I do, and he doesn't like those. And I don't really care because I'm really good at writing code, and I just want to get the assignment sorted out that he approves so that I can just start coding because I can basically code anything. At least that's how I felt at the time. So he reaches back on his bookshelf and he hands me Mr. Thorpe's Beat the Dealer. And he tells me what it's about. And he says, why don't you create code that not only simulates the game of blackjack, 
Which was a good thing he said not only that, because I actually had done that when I was still in high school, that actually handles the wagering and proves or disproves the player advantage card counting system outlined in the book. So I say sure, and I create the code, and I'm not old enough to gamble, and I'm much too broke to gamble, and the only legal gambling is on the other side of North America. So I get an A, and I really couldn't care less about the project. And in the process of writing the code, I became very familiar with how blackjack works. I understand basic strategy. I understand card counting. I understand all the math behind everything. I've really got a good, a good sense of it from an expert point of view. But I'm an ignorant expert with no interest in or ability to apply what I've learned. And so I just continue my education, the book sitting on the shelf and sets on the shelf through a couple different moves to different apartments. Fast forward to a year after graduation. I've got a job, I'm engaged, and I've been told that I need to plan a honeymoon to somewhere with lots of sun, maybe some islands, you know, down off the coast of Florida, because that's what fiancé TRG wants. Now, I've ever barely been on a vacation. I've barely ever been more than two states in any direction of my hometown. I've never been on a commercial airline and I've never been on a vacation with a woman. There's no internet, so I'm working with a travel agent and as I tell her what you know, my bride-to-be and I have been thinking about, she tells me that where my bride would like to go at the time of year she would like to go there is right in the hurricane zone in the middle of hurricane season. So she strongly recommends two things. One, I need to buy hurricane insurance, which given we were going right into the hurricane zone in the middle of hurricane season, was not exactly cheap, and we needed to be prepared to cancel and reschedule the honeymoon if, in fact, a hurricane showed up. And she also points out that at that time of year, Las Vegas is very hot, and as the result of being very hot, it's kind of considered their slow season, and there's plenty of great restaurants and shows, and the pools are wonderful, and my bride will enjoy them, and as important, there are things for me to do instead of laying in the sun because I sunburn very easily. So after conferring with the future and current Mrs. TRG, the reservations are made. I realize I have a book on the shelf that I should reread. And then I realize that I know the math, but I don't know really how to do any of this stuff at a blackjack table. And I know nothing about Las Vegas in any way, shape, or form. I, I just took the advice of a travel agent who gave me a price I could afford and and the lady I was going to marry was was happy with the choice and I go buy more books to actually understand how the town works, how gambling works, how the non-math parts of a blackjack table work. And by the time we get to Las Vegas, the new Mrs. TRG is somewhat impressed that I know how to tip for better seats at a show and how to play keno over breakfast and a whole bunch of other Las Vegas parlor trips. Tricks. Sorry about that. <laughs> Las Vegas parlor tricks. So, one day while she's at the pool, early in our trip, I play my very first blackjack. A $20 buy-in at a $2 table. And while I'm playing, an older man in a heavy trench coat, and it's 110 degrees out, folks, um, and he's got a suitcase with him, and he buys in for $1,000 and loses that, and then he buys in with another $1,000 and loses that, and he stops off saying, damn, I'm down $2,000, and I haven't even checked in yet. And a very young, very less knowledgeable than he is today, TRG is stunned. Stunned, one, 
because I can't imagine gambling and losing that much money, let alone that much money that fast. And stunned, too, because I knew why he had lost. I'd seen him make multiple wagering mistakes. I'd seen him make basic strategy mistakes. I, I got it instantly, right? It was all seemed really like clear to me. Um, almost like I had been, you know, cut by a radioactive playing card. Um, so I did win a small amount of money before meeting Mrs. TRG to go sightseeing. But I also learned that I actually knew the game and knew it well. Our time in Las Vegas on that first trip taught us and taught me that I was ahead of the game in terms of what many longtime visitors knew. And I continued to pursue that as a side interest until we made our, our next trip a few years later. And if you've been listening, you know how very well that trip turned out. And if you haven't been listening, I really encourage you to, to go back and listen to some of the early episodes and, and hear that, that uh, story about the first time I figured out that the casino had a game that I could break. Thank you all very much. As always, I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving. I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at CasinoCombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at CasinoCombat.com. And please don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, please share it with your friends. Goodbye, everyone.